Chapter Two of the Romance of Modern Electricity. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Romance of Modern Electricity by Charles R. Gibson. Chapter Two How We Came to Know About Electricity. Early Magic in the East. The Chinese discover a peculiar stone which guides them across the deserts. Peculiar property possessed by amber. One of Queen Elizabeth's physicians makes important discoveries. The earliest electrical machines. A modern giant machine. The present use of such apparatus. Thousands of generations of men spent their lives upon this planet without acquiring any knowledge of this wonderful agent which we call electricity. King Solomon declared that there is nothing new under the sun. Electricity is not a new thing. All the electricity, all the matter, and all the energy which exist today have existed from the beginning of the world. Of course, it may be that the ancient wise men of the East knew much more of this subject than we give them credit for. It is very probable that electric and magnetic phenomena form the basis of much of the magic of these early times, and some writers have even suggested that Tullus Hostilius, instead of being struck down dead by a thunderbolt from Jove for practicing magical arts, was more prosaically robbed of life by being the recipient of a fatal electric shock. This would certainly have been possible had Tullus Hostilius been experimenting, after the fashion of Franklin and others, in a thunderstorm. Be that as it may, we should be able to find sufficient interest among the actual facts recorded. To trace how man came to know about electricity, one has to go back to a date at least 1,000 years before Christ. It is recorded that, at this early date, the Chinese were in possession of a certain kind of stone which, when supported in the outstretched arms of a little revolving figure on their caravans, guided them across the trackless wastes of Tartary. Exactly how and when they discovered the peculiar property of this stone is not known but we must reckon this discovery as a definite starting point in our knowledge of electricity. Some authorities claim that this stone, which was christened Lodestone, Leading Stone, was known as early as 2600 BC. It is a class of iron ore, presumably magnetized by the Earth's influence, and is found in many parts of the world. No doubt the ancients would first observe that this lodestone attracted small pieces of iron, and that these held on to it with a tenacity that might have suggested the presence of life, which phenomenon would doubtless be quite satisfactorily explained in those days by admitting that the stone had a soul. This stone would be a wonder to the wise men, and many would gain possession of a specimen, so that it would not be long before someone observed that when a piece of this material was freely suspended, it always came to rest in a certain definite position, which, from observation, turned out to be with one end pointing north and the other end pointing south. It was a further step in advance when it was found that this lodestone was able to impart its own peculiar properties to a piece of iron in contact with it and when the stone was repeatedly drawn along a piece of hard iron, the latter came to possess these properties, in some degree, on its own account, and without any loss of power to the lodestone. Such pieces of iron were called magnets, this word probably being derived from magnesia, a place in Asia Minor, where the lodestone was obtained in some quantity. Another phenomenon was observed in those early days, which is recorded by a Greek philosopher as far back as 600 B.C., 
but which until modern times was not supposed to have any connection with the lodestone phenomena it was found that when a piece of amber a mineralized resin of extinct pine trees was rubbed it would attract any light bodies towards itself as for instance pieces of straw paper etc the schoolboy may repeat this old-world experiment by simply rubbing a piece of sealing-wax upon his coat-sleeve of course it is evident that this attractive property is not the same as that of the lodestone which will attract only iron while the rubbed amber is able to attract any light body however we shall not have gone far before we see the very intimate connection which exists between these two apparently different phenomena man's further knowledge of these phenomena seems to have made no progress until one of queen elizabeth's physicians made a special study of the properties of lodestone and rubbed amber and he got so far ahead of the knowledge of his time sixteen hundred a d that practically nothing of importance was added till the close of the eighteenth century this great genius dr gilbert of colchester discovered that the old-world phenomenon of attraction did not belong only to amber but that a great number of things acted in the same way when rubbed more than a century passed before it was found that all bodies if certain conditions were observed would exhibit this property of attraction by briskly rubbing a piece of well-dried brown paper with an ordinary clothes-brush i have succeeded in getting the paper to exhibit electrical attraction of course some bodies act very much better than others and so it has been found by experiment that a piece of vulcanite rubbed with a cat's skin or a glass rod excited by a piece of silk cloth give the best results obtainable by simply rubbing them together our word electricity is a fitting memorial of the ancient amber experiment as it is derived from the greek word electron signifying amber after dr gilbert's discovery became known people set about making machines to do the rubbing for them on a larger scale the earliest of these machines consisted merely of a large sulphur ball rotated on a spindle while the experimenter used his hand as the rubber by holding it against the revolving ball glass cylinders soon replaced the sulphur ball and even with such primitive apparatus an electric spark was produced it was also found that if two bodies were similarly electrified by touching the excited glass cylinder these two bodies when brought near to each other repelled one another while each continued to attract any other light body working with the same simple apparatus in the early part of the eighteenth century it was found that this electrical influence could be transmitted along a number of pack threads suspended by silk threads to a distance of about three hundred yards and a few years later it was observed that when the pack threads were wetted the distance might be increased to over four hundred yards it was only natural that improvements should be added to these early machines from time to time and the first step in this direction was the introduction of a leather cushion to act as the rubber in place of the experimenter's hand then suitable means were devised for collecting the electrical influence from the machine in modern influence or statical machines there is no actual rubbing two glass or vulcanite plates each carrying a series of small slips of thin metal foil upon them are made to revolve close to each other in opposite directions and by a process known as induction an electrical charge is induced on the plates and suitably collected if a number of pairs of plates are used a very big electrical effect may be produced 
the late lord blyswood constructed in his private laboratory an immense electrical machine having one hundred sixty plates each measuring three feet in diameter and it would be no pleasure for a person of nervous temperament to be in the immediate neighborhood of this machine while it discharges lightning flashes with an almost deafening report some modern electrical machines have been made using plain vulcanite plates without any metal foil and these have been found to give excellent results all these electrical machines are of scientific as well as historical interest but they do not enter into the commercial applications of electricity they produce what we call an electrical discharge and not the useful electrical current of which we shall hear so much in the following pages if these electrical machines had remained our only means of supplying electrical energy we should never have had any practical form of electrical telegraph the telephone would have been impossible while electric light and electric motors would have remained unknown the first practical step was the invention of electric batteries it will be of interest to see how this came about end of chapter two